Welcome to The Music Reel, everyone. I'm your host, Nicola Burton. I have two pushy boys with me today, Manny and Mark. And our very special guest today, we have Fiona Horn. Now, many of you will remember Fiona from the Death Effects Day. I know in our household, Psychoactive Summer was constantly playing for years and years and years. Now, Fiona has just returned back to Australia and she is a multi-award winning artist, author, pilot and which she's a, a major practitioner and does a lot of good work in the community. So Fiona, it is so lovely to talk to you today. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. How are you? Thanks, Nikki. I'm great. Thank you. I'm um, holed up here in ISO in Melbourne and uh, it's, I'm comfortable and grateful to be back in Australia. So you've actually just returned um, mm. from, where were you coming from? California. I was in Los Angeles. So in a, in a nutshell, I've been living in the Caribbean for seven years, um, doing a lot of stuff out there. And, uh, but my pilot work, my aviation work led me to a job in uh, California that was meant to start in early March. I'd actually done the flight check rides, been checked out, approved, offered the job um, and was looking forward to flying there and uh, a new airplane I hadn't flown before. Um, so it would have been fun, but the state went into lockdown literally as I was met the day I was meant to start my new job state went into lockdown <laughs> and, you know, I'd left the Caribbean to ex expand on my aviation career and then the whole state's locked down and then the country is, and then, you know, and I'm a U.S. citizen now as well. So it's, it was extraordinary times to be there. And, uh, the long story short is, uh, when it, it went to lockdown, I went back to the Caribbean. I quickly got out that night in early March went back to the Caribbean for two months. When California came out of lockdown, which was just, you know, a week ago or so, um, the riots and the looting started. So I was literally in a hotel in Santa Monica, um, supposed to be flying to my new job the next day, but with the riots, the looting, the curfew that literally was happening in front of me, like I was in my rental car and a guy threw, one guy threw a bottle across my car, hit the windscreen of the car opposite me. They were screaming at each other. And it was, you know, it was this, it was over the, you know, the very, the very sad and, and shocking um, events of, of, of recent times with George Floyd and everything else. And it was, I'm just in the middle of it. And I'm like, this is, I just don't know if I want to be here right now. And I'm very privileged that I have an Australian and a US passport. And I have been, Australia's still called Australia home. Yeah. But I've made my home in the US for the last, you know, seven or longer, I mean, 20 years really. But uh, I just knew I had to get out and um, I'd been wanting to see my family. I've been, you know, feeling the tug and, and I was meant to be out here in October for a tour anyway. And then I called the Australian consulate as all this stuff went down and said, um, you know, what should I do? Should I, can I get back to Australia anytime? They said, no, we don't know when, how long the international borders will be locked down. We recommend you take one of these government repatriation flights. So it was a, it was a whole lot of things adding up. Um, but I really feel that, you know, in my spiritual life, I was divinely guided to be here now. Um, it's all gone as crazy as it was to get out like that, literally as the whole state just collapsed around me um, with the violence and everything. It was like I also felt divinely guided to be able to get on a plane. And, you know, Australia's, I, I don't know how you guys feel living here, but from the world, looking at Australia from outside, it all seems to be handled very well and very respectfully here. There's a lot of issues, obviously, that aren't perfect, but overall, Australia really is a lucky country and uh, I feel very blessed and grateful to be able to be back here. So I'm in an ISO uh, arrangement in Melbourne in a hotel here for 14 days. Um, everyone's very nice. Uh, I'm just very grateful and here I am. So 
someone who's got a story of actually being in ISO for two weeks. So this is, you've only been here a couple of days. You've got a, a four days, some four days down, 10 to go. And I, I read some of the horror, I read some of the horror stories that I saw, but you know, media, you've got to question everything, you know, that's, that's the facts of the matter. And so I, in my, um, creating my own narrative and not just blindly consuming what the mainstream masses would have you believe. I, um, I actually read some of the horror stories about ISO, but I have only experienced exceptionally good care um, and support. Uh, I, the food, well, I was lucky I could order from Woolies online. So my little kitchenette is full of organic fruit and veggies and pressed juices and all that good healthy stuff. I'm not eating the hotel food. I'm vegetarian, but they were trying, but I just, I don't know. I couldn't tell whether it was baby poop or eggs. I was like, oh. I just, I can't eat this. <laughs> so, so uh, I just said, listen, if it's all right, and you're allowed to order online shop groceries. So two security guards came up with masks on and dropped the groceries at my front door. And I've even had, and that's great to be able to eat healthy. And I even had a, um, a, uh, a walk, a 15 minute fresh air break two days ago with two security guards. They take you down to a courtyard. So it's very interesting. I mean, and, and you are, you know, you're, you're in, you're not locked in your room, but you're not allowed to leave. And, um, but you know, I have a window that I, I can't open it, but I'm in the city. And so there's a gap between these two, uh, high rises and between 10 AM, sorry, 10, 35 AM and 11 AM, I have 25 minutes of direct sunlight through the building. So I just quickly squish myself up against the window and I suck in all that <laughs> vitamin D, vitamin D. and yeah. make the most of it. Cause that's what, you know, very lucky to just even have this option in these times, you know, so just grateful. Can you believe? It's quite the adventure though. Quite the adventure. Exactly. Could could you imagine go back in time to December last year? Like what would you say to yourself? What? Let's let's go back here. No, wait a minute. Let's just go back in time to February. Who needs to go to December? I mean, (laughs) what would you say in February? A couple of months. (laughs) Well, you know, I would just say I would, one thing I, I thought of the, the book I wrote last year, The Art of Witch, that came out, my manifesto on witchcraft, a lot of that was like a primer for these times because I was talking about living a simpler life, being grateful in the moment, lightening your load, shedding your belongings and your possessions, being able to be adaptable and flexible, showing up to life, being wanting to be of service to help others and be mindful of others' needs and also respectful of others' needs. And I, that's all like big themes in this book about witchcraft that I wrote last year. And it seems to have been a primer for, for the times now. Um, so I'm reading my own stuff and taking my own advice right now on how to manage and handle this. Uh, we're living in extraordinary times. For so much crazy dark stuff to be going on, that also means that there has to be the balance of light and goodness. Exactly. And I, it's just where you turn your attention. And there is so much beauty and so much goodness coming out of this, this collapse of civilization, human civilization as we know it. I, I'm, my uh, gut is that great, great good will come of these times um, and it will awaken the global human community to the, to the value and importance of respect, tolerance, compassion. Um, and it also is allowing nature to take a lovely deep breath as a witch. Nature is sacred to me. Nature is my Bible. And it's like one of a better way of describing it. And, you know, I have a question. I look to the full moon, like full moon tonight, strawberry full moon as we're doing this interview. And I, I look to guidance in nature and I just can see her taking a beautiful deep breath and stretching her arms going, yeah, lightening the human load. Yeah. For a while. And 
Agreed. I mean, maybe as we, as we go back into the world in a busy way, uh, that might shift. But I think everyone has been awakened to the simple fact that one person really does make a big difference for better and for worse, depending on how you choose to invest your energy and attention. And I, I think it's a very exciting, empowering time for the human race. No, I agree. I agree. Many. Well, Fiona, welcome back to Australia, finally. Thanks, Manny. <laughs> many, many, many years ago. It seems like another lifetime. So mine is a music question. Is a music yes. question. I remember seeing you on stage. I won't mention how many years ago. Oh, you can. Bring it on. I'm 50, oh, 54 to... this year. I think yes. I'm turning 54, oh. so half a century. It's all good, eh? Absolutely. <laughs> so we, it, was, it was about half a century ago. <laughs> on stage, FFX, an exciting proposition for us to be part of. I'll mention the venue because I remember it vividly. It was St Paul's Tavern. It was a oh, sold-out show. Best venue, yeah. Great gig, one of the best yeah. gigs I've ever seen you do. <laughs> Fantastic. Then we progressed down the line and all those wonderful entertainment centre gigs. God, I saw you at Festival Hall with Smashing Pumpkins. So we're going back yeah. to that era. What Amazing era. was a wonderful area for save for live music so i remember and we were just coming we were just coming out of one enterprise it was really interesting the the more mainstream enterprise and then coming into that i like like i mentioned that wonderful young gentleman mr justin van storm who we connected mm. with many many years ago who we are who we are going to have a conversation with next week sometime fantastic yeah That's i mean well. he's a bit of a genius the old justin oh, back absolutely. in the day absolutely yeah. And uh, what I want to find out is what drew you to music in that era? What, what mm. drew you into that mechanism of, of like of music? It was a huge success. It was a wonderful project. And now all these years late, later, what's reinvigorated that want to come back on stage again? Because I love that wow. passion for music. Well, you know, I think prior to Deaf Effects, I had been forging my own little musical path, taught myself to play guitar, um, formed a kind of grungy punk rock band called Sister Sludge and we're playing that in Adelaide with my girlfriend, Wendy Witch. Um, and then after that was The Mothers, which was, you know, originally all girl punk, like, you know, playing sort of skate punk kind of stuff on the Waterfront record. We had some releases with them. We were touring with bands like The Hard-Ons and and uh, Hellman and Spunk Bubbles and all those great bands back in the late 80s. And then, you know, Deaf Effects came along because Sean, who had conceptualised a, 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 a way of approaching music where we would have electronic beats and heavy guitars and, you know, he's quite brilliant in how we put all that together. But then it really became a sum of the energies of the individuals in the band and evolved much, you know, broad, much more broadly than what he'd originally envisaged as it turned out. Um, but I think you know, what drew me into it was just at the time, I was very blessed to be born of a time when you just didn't know what you couldn't do. Um, there were so many live music venues. There was so much, um, like, so many opportunities. I mean, especially, I'm remembering in Adelaide back in those days, you could do three gigs in a night. You know, I mean, there were three venues you could do sets at as a little, little band running around. You know, it was extraordinary times. And I think that in Australia particularly, being isolated geographically from the world. I remember back in those days often talking about how we could look at what the rest of the world was doing, collate it all, and then put our own spin on it. And it would be this really fresh, raw um, sound, which is kind of what Deaf Effects was in a way. I mean, it was 
a bit like the mushroom effect though. It was happening simultaneously all around the world, that morphogenic, genetic, whatever it is, word, morphogenic uh, resonance thing where you had yeah. a band like Pop Will Heat itself in England and you had Deaf Effects in Australia and we're all kind of experimenting with this, this way of approaching music. Um, from a live perspective, when I look back at the band and just remember, like, I never felt like I was a great singer. I never felt like I was a great songwriter. But on stage, I knew I had it. Like, I knew that that raw, visceral moment of walking out onto that stage and just whether there were three people or 3,000 or 30,000, I think there was once at a big day out, it's a massive crowd. I, I just, you just knew. I knew I belonged. I knew my place. And it, it tapped into a deep, primal sense of authentic, authentic self that, yeah. really is what fueled me to come back on stage when, when Deaf Effects did some reunion shows these last, last five years um, coming in and out of Australia, especially last year with our farewell tour that we kind of snuck in and did. And it was like, I, I, uh, again, it's just that, that opportunity to connect with people. And even now in these extraordinary times of lockdown and where we're not allowed to gather in groups and blah, 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 and all of that, it just makes you even more aware of just the power of the people when we come together and unite physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And that's what I love about live music. It's just, it's just one of the best reasons to be alive. And uh, I can't wait till we can all share that energy again. And I know we will. Um, yeah. yeah, we will. We will. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait yeah. to see the band live. I have to say that. I can't wait you know, to, to see Dick <laughs> Fex and Fiona Horn on stage again. That was uh, those moments. <laughs> Again, that wonderful venue in southeast Queensland, St Paul's Town. Yep. That, yeah. that is probably one of the you know most impactful gigs that I've ever seen. Probably one of my most wow. favourite gigs. When it was a wow. full house. Thanks, Manny. And uh, loved every moment of the thing. Well, there's just those moments, isn't it? There's those moments that just grab you and they, they're the things you'll think about the day you die. With the day you shut yeah. down lights forever, there'll be those flashes and you'll have those yes. memories. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. You want to know what my memory is? Yep. Like that? Yep. The first live music show I went to that really blew my mind was actually Midnight Oil at the St James Tavern in yeah. Sydney, packed out. I was a little yeah. punk. I'd shaved the side of my head. So I had this stupid long mohawk that I'd done with shoe polish and it, it like split in the middle, you know, when you get that V. Yeah. Bad yeah. mohawk, bad hair. And I went there and I had on cricket stumps knitted my big baggy jumper thing with cricket stumps so it had huge holes in the wall, you know, and, Went in there to Midnight Oil, Little Miss Mohawk yeah. punk rocker thinking she knew what was going on. But I, I was always, growing up in Cronulla and Sutherland Shire, Sydney, I always, the oils and the, the, the you know, Powderworks album, Surfing with a Spoon, like all that stuff was just like that music was the soundtrack of my, of my um, rebellious heart. And uh, to get to see them live. And then years, years, years later, Death effects are on the same stage as Midnight All, and I'm chatting with Peter Garrett and Jimmy and yeah. everyone. I'm like, and Rob, and I'm like, I'm just not worthy. I'm so starstruck <laughs> still 20 years later, you know. But you have these memories, you know, and they just, they just fuel you, and uh, it's, it's a blessing to have them. I oh, love Absolutely. it. Mark? Uh, Fiona, on that music tip, um, you did mention that uh, Death Effects had a, well, had a tour happening at the end of the year, which is now sort of up in the air. Um, I suppose. Well, I mean, we, yeah, I should make that clear. It wasn't a Deaf Effects tour. It was actually going to be a witchcraft book tour thing. Um, we, Deaf actually did, we did what we called our farewell tour last year. We snuck in and did some gigs, um, toured with Nunchuck of Superfly last year and yeah. in June. 
snuck them in. And, um, but you know, it became, instead of the farewell tour, it became the never say never tour because everyone was just like, why are you stopping? And we're like, well, actually, why are we? I thought I wasn't going to be coming back to Australia ever again. So we may, we may do some more shows, you know, it's, uh, well, it just depends. Let us know. know. (laughs) I will let you know. (laughs) So you've got a, a book coming out. Is that right? You've got a new book coming out? Well, yeah, there's another one coming out. Um, I'm working on the edit right now. It's a teen witch book and uh, it's called Magic Youth. That's the working title and uh, it probably will be out in October. Maybe we'll push it again. We're sort of working out with the changes of everything. I was meant to be doing this tour with Wendy Rule, another amazing witch from Australia who's an incredible musician. We had this big tour planned for October and now we don't know. We might push it till next year, February, March, in which case the book might get pushed too. But yeah. I didn't expect to be writing books again. And there, um, But there's an awakening of, of the, the spiritual path of the witch in the world. And being that witches are healers and um, primarily that's our roots as healers, um, it's, it's timely. You know, it's, it's timely for witches around the world to be uh, connecting with their spiritual source and, and uniting uh, because we have a role to play in in the spiritual and and emotional physical healing of the world right now i I believe and i think as a community as we we're not growing weaker we're growing stronger in these challenged times and uh i feel very blessed that i've had the opportunity to write again about the subject and connect with people again and um especially with the benefit of of you know 30 years of practice behind me now i'm considered an elder and it's a lovely you know, I have a, I realise I have a generational impact now. The early books yeah. I wrote were 20 years ago and, I, you know, when I did a, the Art of Witch tour and a Spoken Word tour in Australia last year, around the same time Def Vex, we did our thing, doubled up, I had mothers bringing their daughters to the events and, you know, you realise you've had this generational impact and it's, it's very humbling and very, um, very beautiful too. And I haven't had any kids of my own physically. I haven't had physical human babies. I've had books and music projects and different Be types of babies. But yeah, yeah. But actually, you know, be connected with families in this way and know that you've had a positive role in young people's lives is really, it's really beautiful. I'm just, you know, very, very grateful and happy. And I think you're right. There is an awakening at this time of incredible challenge around the world. There is, to juxtaposition, there is this incredible awakening happening. So, you know, the things that you're talking about, that you're writing about, I think that's important for people to look at it from a different perspective and connect to the mm. actual energy because it's not just like you said, darkness, there is incredible mm. balance. But we have spoken to about a hundred different people already on the music reel and the stories, Fiona, are so filled with um, resilience and optimism. Yeah. You would never yeah. think that. It's just, we always finish these calls feeling on a massive high because everyone's mm. this other side. So it's been, yeah. you know, and I really think that the mainstream, yeah, the mainstream media, especially living in America for as long as I have, is skewed very heavily mm-hmm. towards fear, negativity. You know, I wrote that song for Death Effects, 1993, Masses Like Asses, Masses yeah. Like Asses, play follow the leader, our, our heads in the trough, we eat what we're given, yeah. Masses Like Asses, play follow the leader, waiting at the gates to be led to the slaughter. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been writing in all my books, for years, don't watch mainstream media. Question the narrative. Create your own narrative. You know, like question everything. And uh, never it, now. The now is that more important? And and you know, it's there is so much light out there. It, it's, there again, is. a witchcraft principle. But it, in the darkest night, the brightest light will shine. And sometimes things have to get really dark and difficult. But if we see these obstacles as 
as opportunities to guide us, not to crush us, um, that, that is there to be done. And it's really important that like-minded people um, stick together right now too and encourage support, magnify each other and respect those who have a different opinion too. If people, this is one of the biggest challenges for me in these times has been to have really dear friends who I love unconditionally and that they are not feeling optimistic about these times. And I'm realising that I have to respect their choice if they want to remain in a place of fear. I, I can only, I can't change their mind. It's like, it's not, no. it's, like being, it's like being sober all these years. I've been sober seven and a half years and people might say, oh, can you help my friend get sober? And I'm like, do they want it? Yeah, no, I don't know, but from the person. it's got to come from the person. So yeah. you can be a, a good, you can try to be a useful, positive example. You can try to be a source of light. Um, but I've also learned in these times that you can't force your own narrative on someone else. Uh, right. And, you know, I just, uh, so I try to just keep a, a peaceful, grateful state of mind, conscious mind and spiritually stay connected with, with what I experience as a, a, a spiritual source of, of um, positive power, positive enlightenment, whatever. And I just try to keep things simple in these times. And, and uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's extraordinary. It's extraordinary times. It's lovely to chat with you guys because you're obviously aligned in a similar way. So it's we a are, blessing to are. connect with people that feel the same. And it looks such a great message for everyone today, Fiona. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. I will make sure all of your information is in the post. I'd encourage everyone Thank who's you. watching this, connect with Fiona. It's a really great message for you just to look at life from a different perspective. And Fiona, good luck for the remaining 10 days in ISO. That's um, Oh, thank you. I'm trying to, I've been doing my yoga and my meditation, <laughs> doing the edit on the book, uh, just, you know, being grateful oh, <laughs> to good be on safe. You. And and yeah. Take care and we will check in with you very soon. Thanks, Fiona. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks very much. Yeah,